0: Hello to you people in the future who are listening to another episode of Voices in My Head. Thank you for joining me today. Over the last few months, I've been honored to bring you great guests like Jason Gray, Sarah Groves, Michael Card, Andrew Peterson, Trip York, and Brian Zahn, just to name a few. It's been my pleasure to bring these podcasts to you, the listener, free of charge. The fact is, though, that there are operating expenses when you do a show like this. So rather than make this a paid podcast, I wanted to give the listeners a chance to help out. The Voices in My Head audience has grown exponentially since I began broadcasting in January of 2012, and there are people who listen from all over the globe. Because of this, and because I want to keep the podcast free, I'm offering you a chance to sponsor an episode of Voices in My Head. Maybe you'd like to dedicate a show to a family member with a message for their birthday, or maybe you'd like to honor a loved one with some sort of special greeting. Perhaps you just want to showcase one of your websites or a business. So to sponsor an episode of Voices in My Head, simply send me an email with your ad to rljames29 at yahoo.com. If I approve your ad, then I'll let you know in a follow-up email. Then simply go to rickleejames.com. Click on the tab that says Tip Jar Podcast Sponsorship, follow the link to PayPal, and then leave your donation or sponsorship amount. If it sounds like a lot, then just send me an email and I'll talk you through the steps. Thank you again for listening to Voices in My Head, and enjoy today's episode. I honor the Holy One inside you. Namaste. Live from Springfield, Ohio, it's Voices in My Head. The official podcast of Rick Lee James. I am Rick Lee James, and you're listening to Voices in My Head. If you need this voice today, Hello listeners, welcome back to another episode of Voices in My Head. I am Rick Lee James, your host, and I'm glad to be here with you today. I have to tell you, I am having a bad day today, and let me tell you why that is. I know that last week I promised you a very special podcast where we were going to be able to hear a service that I was a part of with Chaplain Rich Young, and uh, it was an amazing service, and uh, I recorded it. It sounded great. It had wonderful audio. Here's what happened. Uh, I drove back again from another week in West Virginia. Um, I've basically been on the road for about three weeks um, without much of any break in between. Um, thought I had backed up all of my audio files from my road recordings. Um, was so excited to bring you this episode with this service today. Uh, with with chaplain rich young speaking and i was going to be um just sharing with you part of a service where i was leading music and uh the the people that were at the fairmont west virginia camp uh i had recorded them in our worship time and it was beautiful the rain was falling you could hear it lightly uh had wonderful audio tracks was so excited to share with you a piece of one of the services of the Mission to the World Camp and last week we had Mark Thompson on the show and I told you then that I was going to share it with you well I came back from West Virginia again I I've, I've been gone on the road uh 3 weeks I've been from Ohio to West Virginia and back to Ohio to Tennessee back to Ohio back to West Virginia and last night um I drove in I, I finally got home at 2 in the morning super tired and I I got a couple hours sleep, came down here to my studio and I'm looking through files and I have every file that I recorded on the road except for that one I have my interview with Chaplain Rich Young. He is going to be on the show this week. You are going to get to hear that interview. Uh, and and he does have some great things to say, but it's it's such a, a brief interview compared to what it was. So, um, man, I apologize. I have never uh, lost so much information like this. So I'm having a bad morning today, folks. I really uh, I am sorry. I, I was looking forward to bringing you this episode. It was going to be a very special episode with a neat service um you were going to get to hear what it's like kind of being in a service at mission to the world and uh, so what i'm going to do i'm going to go through the regular podcast we're going to do question of the week we're going to do stuff like we normally do here on voices in my head and this is such a a uh, man you're not going to get to hear Uh, The service, but what I did do, I took pretty great notes um, that night on the service, on the sermon. I'm at least after we play the interview with Chaplain Young, I'm going to share with you some of the things that he shared with us in that sermon because it was an amazing sermon. Uh, I, I am just sick at my stomach. Um, that you're not going to get to hear in his own words, his sermon, but we're going to play the Chaplain Young interview with Chaplain Rich Young. So you can hear what he has to say. Um, great man of God really appreciated him coming on the show and being uh, a part of the episode. Um, all the, all the other podcasts I've recorded in West Virginia while I've been on the road, uh, I still have intact except that one. So if you are one of the people at mission to the world, I am so sorry. Um, well, uh moving on with the show, apologies over, adding to a little bit of the melancholiness I suppose of the weekend and and uh what I'm feeling today. Uh we are in the wake of a tragedy and you know, I was all excited for this weekend because the new Batman movie came out, The, the Dark Knight Rises. I still have yet to see it. Uh and then I uh, I heard uh you know, early yesterday morning about the midnight premiere in Colorado where the shooting had taken place. And I, I know we I try to be a little more upbeat on this show, but it just really struck me hard. Um, I could not believe the tragedy that uh, ensued there in, in Colorado. And this man, James Holmes, came in, I'm sure most of you heard, uh, ran his car th- through the mo- movie theater exit and had multiple guns and Killed I think at least twelve people, and I believe the count is up now to like maybe seventy two people who were injured or shot or in some way um, had had come to harm through this situation and um, what a what a tragedy, and all I can think to do is just pray, come quickly, Lord Jesus, and I just want to let any of you listeners out there that may be connected to know that um, my prayers are with you, um, several of us while we were at the camp. Um, our guest next week, who you're going to get to hear, Adam Young um, and Mark Thompson. Actually, who was last week's guest? Um, we we stopped and prayed together whenever we heard the news, and we were praying um, for the victims of this, for the family members, and um, and and even for James Holmes, this obviously very disturbed person that did this. Um, and so, I guess. Because I don't know what else to do at this point in the podcast, Um, what a strange weekend. I mean, um, it it seems like, you know, my losing an audio recording is the least of the loss that a lot of people in this country are experiencing. And um, the person I was with, and again, you're going to get to hear him if all should go well next week, Adam Young. Um, He actually has a a brother-in-law that lives and actually works within just a matter of yards from this movie theater. And uh, we were uh, panicked for a moment because we thought maybe he might have been at that theater uh, that night. And uh, we were relieved to find out that he wasn't, but at the same time our hearts were just heavy. And um, so we've been praying for the victims, and I came back uh, and found a prayer uh, that I want to pray this morning on the podcast, and I wonder how many people are actually praying for James Holmes. Um, I, I know it's easy for us uh, in this time to remember the victims and the families of the victims and the people going through such tragedy in this time, um, and I, but I I don't want us to forget the mandate from Jesus to pray for our enemies. And I, I don't know if he would be someone we'd consider an enemy or not, but certainly a person um who is very disturbed, who frankly I have a hard time right now feeling any compassion whatsoever for. Um and so I I've come and found a uh, an orthodox prayer um for enemies and I, I just wanna start maybe the show today at this segment a few minutes in by um just saying this prayer on behalf of James Holmes because I'm trying to be Christian in this, um, trying to follow Jesus when he says to pray for those who are persecutors. And while it's not directly affected me, I think this tragedy has hit many of us. So here's the prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, who did command us to love our enemies and those who defame and injure us and to pray for them and forgive them, who thyself did pray for thine enemies who crucified you. Grant us, we pray, the spirit of Christian reconciliation and meekness that we may heartily forgive every injury and be reconciled with our enemies. Grant us to overcome the malevolence and the offenses of people with Christian meekness and true love of our neighbor. We further beseech you, O Lord, to grant to our enemy true peace, and forgiveness of sins and do not allow them to leave this life without true faith and sincere conversion and help us repay evil with goodness and remain safe from the temptations of the devil and from all the perils which threaten us in the form of visible and invisible enemies amen and again just offering that prayer because I don't know if anyone's really praying for James Holmes right now, um, and I also want to offer a prayer uh, for these victims, for this family. Well, Lord, I I I, I ask for your very near presence um, to be so real with the people who are suffering from this tragedy today, um, God. I'm praying that you will surround them with believers who are like Jesus, who would come in to be present, uh, to be maybe even a silent presence because there are no words to say in this time. Show them Jesus. Show them Christ. Lord, help their grieving hearts. If there are any of them who are Christians, help them to find the courage and the grace of Jesus to know how to respond to this situation. I Think of your word and how it tells us that, that you, Lord, are responding to our spirits when we have no words, with groans that words cannot express. And so um, our prayer today is for the victims of this terrible crime, for this almost <clears throat> really inconceivable um, evil that has been done. Lord, we just know that you are more powerful than this evil. Uh, we ask why again, but our our answers are not coming. So we just turn to you, the only answer, the true answer, Lord, and um, pray that you'd be the Prince of Peace in all this. And in Jesus' name, I pray today. Amen. Well, my heart does go out to uh, everyone involved in that terrible tragedy. It, like I said, for some reason, it's really hit me hard over the weekend, and I've just—I uh, think all of us—it has. And uh, Jesus, help us, uh, help us know how to respond. Help us know how to be the people You've called us to be in this time. Well, we're going to move on to a little more. Upbeat part of the show now And again I know we're about 13 minutes in And and I apologize for the tone that the show has taken So far Uh, Just trying to be honest with what I have Um, We did have question of the week And uh, Chaplin Young was nice enough To answer the question as you're going to get to hear In the interview with him in a few moments Uh, So I'm going to go ahead and go to Facebook and bring it up And bring up the sound bite for our Very famous segment To all who listen to this show Question of the week question of the week. All right, question of the week. You know it fans, it's on the Facebook page. You can go to Voices in My Head, the Rick Lee James Facebook page and answer the new question every week of the question of the week. And this week it was who was your childhood hero? And had some great answers this week. Actually they were they were wonderful answers. Uh William and Summer England, um, all the way from Tennessee, even though the last name is England, um, said, My dad, but Superman was a runner up. So, uh great to hear and dad is a popular answer this week. Um Ruth stone book actually uh d j at w e e c thanks Ruth for writing in today and uh, by the way, thank you William and summer uh, for writing as well um ruth has has a great answer to this question. She says, "My daddy was my hero, Howard Stone. He was so gentle and calm. I only saw him get really angry once. he loved Christian music, had a wonderful tenor voice, and we would sing together often. Growing up, my dad and all five of us kids would sing all the way to church and back. A 15-minute one-way trip. My mom enjoyed the music. Uh, My dad had a servant's heart, and that was said of him... So much at his funeral, my life's wish would be that this could be said of me someday. My dad gave me a rich legacy full of love, music, and serving others. I am so thankful. And uh, Ruth, that is maybe my favorite answer I've ever had for question of the week. That is a beautiful tribute to your father. So thanks for sharing that today uh, as far as who your childhood hero was. Uh Tony James, longtime listener of the show and uh my sister wrote in Wonder Woman was my hero as a kid. I used to love wa- to watch the TV show and I tried to smile just like her all the time. So there you have it. Wonder Woman was a hero to my sister. See like seems like superheroes uh are becoming a trend in the family, I guess. Uh, And Matthew Cole, who has been a guest on the show, and I believe still holds the title for answering the most questions of the week. I believe all of them, actually. Uh, He says that this is a tough question. I have two. The first would be my papa, my grandfather. Second, Spider-Man was definitely my hero. The actor from the live-action show back in the 70s made an appearance at a theme park, now closed, called Tombstone Junction. I was four or five years old at the time and just happened to be in line at the point where I was not only the last autograph signed before he went on break, but he put me on his shoulders and carried me to the front of the line for a train ride that was the centerpiece of the park. My mother tells the story that when the bandits came to rob the train and before the sheriff could get there to save the day, I stood up in my seat and shouted for everyone to remain calm that Spider-Man would save us. And that's maybe my second favorite uh, question, at least for this week. So thanks, Matt got to tell you i had so many childhood heroes uh yes dad could be in that category um superman spider-man batman all those you know if you're talking about fictitious people could be in that category um i appreciate the answers this week and uh you're going to get to hear what chaplain young's answer is here just in a minute uh but thanks everyone for answering the voices in my head question of the week the question for next week uh is actually do you have a good fish story um the the reason being we're uh, at least the plan as of right now is scott Rowley, musician uh, and pastor Uh, he's currently traveling with michael card on tour and uh, doing a great job with music rewriting some awesome hymns of the church uh doing work with reconciliation he's also an avid fisherman and he even wrote a book about his fishing adventures so my question of the week for next week is do you have a good fish story now this doesn't have to be um, a true story, necessarily, um, since it is a fish story, but, you know, some kind of fishing story, something like that. Um, you know, please don't tell the entire story of, uh, you know, Jonah and the great fish or whatever, but, you know, it's something something along that lines. Now, you can actually uh, type it out on the Facebook page, Question of the Week, or you can call the phone line if you just want to relay the story, and you can share it on the show. And the number is 937 uh, so make sure to do that. Question of the Week for next week. It's going to be a good one, I think. I hope we get several good fish stories to tell as we have our guest, Scott Rowley, on the show. Well, thank you again for listening to this, another segment of... Question of the Week. Well, again, I'm so sorry that I lost out on a a major part of the audio that was going to be, and you're going to even hear me refer to this in the interview you're about to hear of uh, the audio. Let me tell you, the week... Uh, the first week I was up there this summer for Mission of the World, the group was just great. It was a small group, but they were mighty. Uh, they were wonderful kids. They sang like <laughs> like angels in heaven. They worked as though they were God's servants on earth. And I really felt like the kingdom of God was very clearly seen in our midst there that week. And one of the things that made the week so special was uh, Chaplain Rich Young, retired uh, Army Chaplain was there with us that week, and I had a chance to sit down with Rich for a few minutes one day and in what was going to be a preface uh, to the sermon by Rich you were going to hear. Again, I'm going to share as best as I can from my notes some actual things Rich said to us. I so wish we had it in his words because he is such an amazing preacher. Um, it's completely my fault this week. I, I don't know what happened to the audio. I don't know if it's sleep deprivation because I've only slept for about two hours uh, or so last night. Uh, and trying to get this show together. If there's any way I can find it and put it on a future show, if it's some lost file that's out there in the SoundCloud somewhere, I will do my very best to get that. Uh, but until then, uh, enjoy this interview with Chaplain Young, and right after the interview I'll be back to give you, as best as I can, uh, an overview of what he spoke about while we were at camp. And uh, enjoy Chaplin Young, uh, Rich Young, Mission to the World, 2012. My guest today is Chaplain Rich Young. I am actually recording this today live on location once again in Fairmont, West Virginia, and Rich has actually been our speaker this week for this camp that I've been a part of at Mission to the World. And it's been a great week, and he's had some great things to say. So I'm really glad that he could spend a few minutes with us this morning. At the conclusion of this interview, I'm going to be playing the entire service from the other night that we shared together. Uh, You're going to get to hear some worship music that we did, and then uh, Rich is going to get up and give the message. So you'll get to hear all of that as it goes on. But first, I thought we'd do just a little bit of a preliminary interview so you could get to know Rich like we do each week. And thank you, first of all, for being here today. We appreciate having you. Quite welcome. Glad to be here. And uh, as we always do on Voices in My Head, we have a question of the week this week. Okay. And you're no exception, so we try to okay. do it for every guest that's been on the show since we started. Hit me with it, brother. <laughs> you've been talking this week about heroes, and one particular hero being Elijah that you have talked about, and we're even going to hear more about Elijah and the message that plays after this. So my question is... Who was your childhood hero? And I know a lot of us have many heroes, but can you think of one that's your big childhood hero?
1: You know, I really can. And I'm not sure hero is quite the right word, but someone that I really wanted to be like. uh, This was a guy that whenever I went out and played with my friends, this was the guy that I pretended to be. And growing up not far from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the guy that I wanted to be was Roberto Clemente when I went out and played with my friends. Uh, growing up in the 60s when the Pirates had a you know a decent baseball team from (laughs) once in a while anyhow particularly in 1960 number 21 their right fielder and I just wanted to learn to bat like him and catch like him and throw and run and be everything like Roberto Clemente when I went out and played with my friends.
0: Fantastic so baseball was your thing and the Incredible Hulk was mine, you know. Is so. that right? <laughs> I, <laughs> okay. Well, so they tell me. I was like five years old because the Incredible Hulk television show was on, yeah. and my mm-hmm. parents said I would walk around hulking doors open. Like, I would push uh, doors up and go, Arr! you know, and make the. Well,
1: you know, I did see that. you the other, when you were leading worshiper. I saw you around camp here the other day with your Superman hat yes, on. Yes, I, I, oh, I, I do that wear that. I do wear that everywhere. I mentioned of, <laughs> that in my message.
0: <laughs> I'm kind of a comic book nerd, so. <laughs> Well, um,
1: Rich was a military chaplain for how many years? Uh, I started uh, 29 years military altogether. First four years, I was an enlisted man in the Marine Corps. Mm -hmm. And it was then that I became a Christian while serving in the Marine Corps. Uh, Then I was discharged, got my education, then went into the Army and spent 25 years then as an Army chaplain.
0: Great. Well, I think our listeners might be interested in this because... Um, we don't meet a lot of military chaplains it seems like because it's just more common that you walk into a church and there's your local church pastor and you think about that. So my question is um, how do you think and and if there's no difference at all you can just say that but is there a difference between being an army chaplain and being a pastor at a local church?
1: Yeah I I think there is in some different ways. Uh, One way is that an army chaplain my congregation pretty much became my unit uh, in in many senses, whether it was an infantry unit or an artillery unit. And I had, uh, you know, responsibility for the religious needs of all of the soldiers, regardless of what their background was. Hmm. So you're working primarily with non-Christians in an institution that is not necessarily... uh, or an atmosphere, let's say, with the language and those mm-hmm. kind of things that isn't necessarily Christian. Sure. And you have the challenge of ministering to everyone in a pluralistic society. The saying we used was, how do I uh, cooperate with others, hmm. taking care of soldiers without compromising my own Christian beliefs hmm. or the, you know, the teachings of my denomination? So it, it, it can be a challenge, but at the same time, it's a great ministry because sure. being a part of the unit and going to the field with them, going to the combat with them, have access to all of their work areas, yeah. you get to touch a lot of lives of people who won't necessarily show up to a chapel service on Sunday yeah. morning.
0: Well, and just as you say that, it made me think, you know, sometimes in churches we're, we're pretty good at uh, dressing up covering over who we are, you know, when we come into a congregation because we want to look churchy and act churchy and be a certain way. So in some ways, um, you probably cut through a lot of that because there's not necessarily the pretense of a person saying, yeah.
1: You know, you really do. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I served for a lot of years with infantry units, Mm -hmm. and when they're out there doing uh, physical training at six in the morning, the chaplain is there with them. When they're going on a uh, 12 mile road march with a heavy rucksack you're right there marching with them and wow. sweating and getting blisters like they are and you know so you're you're just one of them and it's really an incarnational ministry hmm. because you become a soldier and you're one of them wow. and it, it's uh it, it's just an exciting ministry yeah that's fascinating yeah. well
0: i want to refer to a couple things that you've spoken about this week um and i don't want to give too much away because some of it they're going to be hearing about in a message you're going to give but uh, you've said in your messages that God will at times call us to unsafe places because he's concerned more with our holiness than with our happiness and did you find that that was true in your time as an army chaplain um, that there were times that you were called to be in what you felt to be an unsafe place but it actually was God working out what would, what would be your holiness more than your happiness in
1: those times? You know, I, th- I think there there probably were. Uh, certainly when you're in combat with with a unit, you've got a lot of things on your mind that maybe you're confronted with some things that maybe you hadn't been con- sure. confronted with before. Uh, so that will be one. Uh, you know, even some of the training exercises that you go on, and, uh, you know, they can have a degree of un- unsafety the army is very very safe but mm-hmm. the act, fact that you're training yeah. you know has some inherent risks in it mm-hmm. uh, but again I think though being there with the soldiers when they're feeling some of the same way and you're experiencing what they are gives you credibility to minister to them because mm-hmm. you're not just sitting back in a chapel and mm-hmm. you know expecting them to come to you or showing up on a Sunday morning but you're living with them whether it's safe or unsafe mm-hmm. Uh, But not only in the Army, but the ministry we're involved in now, in training chaplains in foreign nations. Uh, You know, I've been to a couple places this year where uh, even the State Department, if you look at their website, say, if you're American, you probably shouldn't go here. Hmm. But God's opened the door for us to go there and to... Provides some ministry to to other nations where it's not necessarily a safe place to be
0: Hmm. that's very interesting you know in some ways i think that that what you're describing about being there and being one of them in the midst is sometimes uh, what we have a problem with in local church ministry because uh, i've I've been full-time in church ministry i've been part-time i've had a lot of experience and one thing that was always very difficult um, is it feels like your people oftentimes because of their work they're out at their jobs and they're all going different directions and sometimes it's hard to know exactly how to minister because you're not there with them every step of the way so yeah. that's a, a very unique uh, way i hadn't thought about before about yeah. with a military chaplain and actually like you said incarnating and being there right there with them so yeah. very interesting and
1: i, I think sometimes is christians i i know i have we it, it's easy to use the safety issue or taking a risk For an excuse or reason not to do something, Mm. but when you look through Scripture, I mean, not being a risk taker just isn't there. Yeah, (laughs) you know, very true. (laughs) You know, when Elijah went to face Ahab, you know, when when uh, even Moses went before Pharaoh, or Paul went before some of the places he went. Sure. Uh, I mean, danger or risk just didn't seem to be part of the criteria for determining (laughs) whether or not I'm going to do this. Right. You know. Uh, yeah, and as David Platt says in his book Radical, you know, maybe that danger needs to be. We just need to think and pray more about that. Maybe yeah. that's part of criteria for what God's will is, yeah. rather than what it is yeah, not. Future. That doesn't mean go out and be dumb and stupid, but exactly. And I think
0: it's uh, C.S. Lewis in the Chronicles of Narnia where um, uh, they're talking about Aslan, the Christ figure, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, I believe one of the children asks if he's safe, and and the gopher replies. Oh, he isn't safe, but he's good. Yes, you know. Yep. And, and what a what a what a great way to look at God. Yeah, I love that line. Well, one more question for you, and then we're I know we're both going to be heading out to some work sites today yep. where some kids are working. But um, you've also said this week, and I I've, they've been great messages, by the way. You and know, so I, the Lord. I really praise appreciate you sharing them with us. But you said that our difficulties. Um, in life may be signs that God is pleased with us and not angry with us because he may be training us for greater service and uh, Were were there many difficulties that you can think of that led you to greater service as as an army chaplain?
1: I can think of one uh, one in particular uh, and I'll certainly try and make this as short as I can. But as I mentioned, I became a Christian while I was serving as an enlisted man in the Marine Corps, and I came home and Sandy and I got married immediately after that. And Sandy was not a Christian, and so I I spent my time in Bible college, in seminary, and my first assignment as an Army chaplain. Uh, an interim pastor, an associate pastor, and I was on my second assignment as an army chaplain. Sandy became a Christian probably 12 or 14 years after I did. Hmm. And those I won't go into detail, but some very, very difficult times. Hmm. Uh, and and be, but because of those difficulties, I'm now much more able to identify with marriages where one spouse is a Christian and another one is not, because mm. i have been there, done that for a long time, and it, at one point almost, we had almost decided to split up. I came home from work and had a note from her saying, the baby and I are out of here, I just can't take this anymore. Mm. Uh, a lot of poor times in there where we literally didn't know where our next meal was coming from. Yeah. So, because of that, I was able to identify better with soldiers and people having financial problems and marital sure. problems because I've been there, done that. Hmm. Uh, didn't make me an excellent counselor, maybe, but I was able to identify with the struggles they were going through. And, and I think sometimes that identification can just add some effectiveness to the ministry. Sure. Well, thank you for sharing with us this morning.
0: I, I really appreciate you as a communicator. You're very effective, and it's just been a pleasure. It. And we get a couple more services here. So sorry for you in the podcast land that are listening today. You're not going to get to hear the rest of the messages. Uh, but if you'll hold on and listen, uh, we got a great service ahead for you. Uh, actually, I am going to be including the entire uh, service that we had just a couple nights ago. It was raining. Uh, we were meeting under a tarp, and uh, the the Spirit of God was just very close with us. And it was beautiful to hear their voices ringing out, just singing the praises of God Amen. of all the campers. And, uh, and then Rich just brought us a great word from God that night. So uh, I hope you'll continue listening to the rest of the podcast today. Rich, thank you for being one of the voices in my head today. Well, thank so. you very much for having me. It's <laughs> been a
1: blessing being with you this week. Thanks.
0: Well, you can tell just by that very short interview that uh, Chaplain Young has a lot of really good things to say. And um, I'm just sick to my stomach that I cannot find that audio file that had his actual sermon on there. But next best thing, I guess, that I can do for you, and this is going to be a a pale in comparison, uh, but after we had a beautiful worship service on Tuesday night, uh, please understand we were in West Virginia as in, in one of the hottest summers that we had had. We were without power um, when we got there because of storms that had gone through, so it was my task to lead worship music uh, without any sort of sound system outdoors um, and his task to to preach. And, you know, you would think that these uh, kids who were there and adults to work that week, and, and literally they go out and, and work hard, they were putting roofs on houses, and there were some treacherously high roofs, they were uh, painting houses, they were uh, putting in new steps, they were um, adding on kitchen floors, I mean, just, I can't even relay to you all the work they did that week without grumbling, without complaining, and I think a lot of uh, their attitude um, was reflected... Uh, and, and maybe it was even as a response to the leadership of Chaplain Rich Young and the sermons that he brought throughout the week. He spoke from 1 Kings every night, and uh, every evening we sang, These are the days of Elijah, declaring the word of the Lord. And and um, we, we heard about Elijah, stories of Elijah. And the particular message that I wanted you to hear, uh, because it was just so beautifully done, Um, was uh, our third session that we had together. And the message came out of 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 17 through 24. And uh, actually, if if you'll give me just a moment, I'm going to actually bring that passage up here. Uh, The wonders of having the internet here in the room while I do this. It's 1 Kings, and uh, we'll be able to uh, enter that in, 17... 17 through 24. So I'm going to read the passage for you. Isn't this crazy? I'm trying to to share with you what what he said, and it, it can't be topped. Trust me, he's a much better speaker than I am. Uh, but he says, First Kings 17, 17, through 24. Sometime later, the son of the woman who owned the house became ill. He grew worse and worse, and finally stopped breathing. She said to Elijah, "'What do you have against me, man of God? Did you come to remind me of my sin and kill my son? Give me your son,' Elijah replied. He took, her, uh, took him from her arms, carried him to the upper room where he was staying, and laid him on his bed. Then he cried out to the Lord, "'Lord my God, have you brought tragedy even on this widow? I am staying with by causing her to die?' Then he stretched himself out on the boy three times and cried out to the Lord, Lord, my God, let this boy's life return to him. The Lord heard Elijah's cry, and the boy's life returned to him, and he lived. Elijah picked up the child and carried him down from the room into the house. He gave him to his mother and said, Look, your son is alive. Then the woman said to Elijah, Now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord is from your mouth." And that was 1 Kings chapter 17, 17 through 24. And let me say about uh, what Rich did every night. He would bring a teenager up to read the scripture. And I have to say this about the PCA church. Um, the Presbyterian Church of America—they are doing something right with their young people. They get up and and read read the scripture every night. They were prepared. They knew how to read the Word of God. Um, read it much better than I did just then. Um, and I, so I just want to commend the PCAers and what they are doing in training their young people up. Uh, it's it's amazing their respect and their love for the Word of God. So First Kings chapter seventeen, seventeen through twenty-four. Uh, As best as I can present to you, here are notes I took from the message that night. Rich gave us three handles to help us through hard times, because this obviously was a hard time that this woman was going through in this story. Her son had died. Uh, She needed someone to blame, so she blamed the man of God that was there, Elijah. And at one point, the first handle that Chaplain Young uh, gave to us in looking at this passage, he said, God wants us to realize that having occasional struggles is the norm. And in verse 18, she says, What have you against me, O man of God? Uh, Have you come to bring my sin to remembrance and to cause the death of my son? Um, And he pointed out that she needed to blame someone for her child's death. So she blames Elijah. And he pointed out in such a wonderful way that if you're struggling and wrestling with God then good for you, because our growth actually comes through struggle. Now, uh, obviously this hadn't happened yet when Chaplain Young was preaching this sermon, but I think of the tragedy that was mentioned earlier in the show, this movie theater shooting at The Dark Knight Rises. And, you know, there's people who right now, um, in their grief, that are struggling with the loss, it's a very normal reaction for them to blame someone, to reach out and even blame God, maybe the people of God, because we just don't know. We we need someone to place the be- blame on when the hurt is there so bad. But the the first handle was God wants us to realize that having occasional struggles is the norm. Jesus himself says, in this world you will have trouble, but I have overcome the world. So take heart and um It's very true. Now, the second handle he said in helping us through hard times says, As you struggle, remember that God cares more about your holiness than your happiness. He cares more about your Christ-likeness than your comfort. This was wonderful to hear. I've heard things similar to this before, but it's been quite some time. Um, You know, the Word of God is really not that concerned with our happiness uh, it, it is concerned with our holiness. And as Chaplain Young said, the Word of God and even the Lord Himself, I believe, is not nearly as concerned with our comfort as our Christ-likeness. Um, the, You know, he shared a story, Chaplain Young did, about being in the Marines. And he said that when he was there, uh, you know, they made it very hard on him. Uh, he wanted to be a Marine fresh out of of, uh, of high school, and that was the main thing he wanted to do with his life. He wasn't a Christian yet. And he said one thing the Marines did to him was it was very difficult. You know, you go through the boot camp, the training, and uh, he said two things that they did for him was they made him stop acting like a civilian, and they made him to start acting like a Marine, and he pointed out that when we have these hard times, that God is actually moving and working at all times, even in those hard places, that God can use those moments to help us to stop acting like a civilian, so to speak, and to start acting like a Christian and actually builds us to be a Christian and you know greatness is thrust upon us greatness doesn't just happen and I I think in a lot of ways Christianity doesn't just happen it's almost thrust upon us at times through these hard times so remember that Chaplain Young said it so well as you struggle remember that God cares more about your holiness than your happiness he cares more about your Christ likeness than your comfort and this brings us to the third handle that he brought to us that uh, helps us through the hard times. He says, We can see the importance of getting alone with God so we can be open and honest and candid with him. And in verse 20 of of 1 Kings 17, uh, it says, Elijah cried out to the Lord, O Lord my God, have you brought calamity even upon the widow with whom I am staying by killing her son? Then he cried out to the Lord three times, and it really points out the importance of getting alone with God so we can be open and honest and candid with him. Uh, Elijah's response to being blamed for this child's death is, I think, Elijah's response to pretty much everything we see when we see Elijah, good, bad, indifferent, whatever. He cries out to God. He is a person of the Lord. He's not a perfect person in any sense of the word. I don't think, other than Jesus, we ever see a perfect person in the Bible, contrary to popular belief. But he cries out to God regularly. And because he does that regularly, he's ready for it in the time of crisis. And Rich said one of these this was one of the main points of the night. It was really a prayer that he told us we should start to pray. That if we begin to pray it now and pray it often, then it will become a part of us, not only in the good times, but will actually be the prayer that we hang on to in the bad, to be reminded that that God actually cares so much about us that He doesn't want to leave us in the comfortable places because we won't grow then. And the prayer was this, Lord, Your will, nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. Lord, Your will, nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. What a wonderful prayer for us to pray. I can't think of any better way uh, for us to come to a conclusion with this podcast is to just pray that way. We began with prayer today. Uh, We're ending with a prayer today. Hard times are not necessarily something that we need uh, to feel like are a curse from the Lord. Chaplain Young pointed out numerous times during the week that our hard times that we're going through may in fact be a sign of God's pleasure with us because He is preparing us for something greater. He's preparing us to be more Christ-like. He loves us too much to just leave us happy. He wants to make us holy. And He cares about us too much to just worry about our comfort. He wants us to be Christ-like. So I want to thank Rich Young uh, for being uh, my my new friend. I appreciate you so much. I'm so sorry we didn't get to hear these words in, in your words, uh, but I tried my best from the notes I took to get um, the heart of what your message was for us. And I just think in God's providence, this message is um, may be very fitting for those who are grieving right now. I don't know that anybody in Colorado is going to hear this message, or I don't know exactly how far this podcast reaches. But I encourage you to hold on. And anyone who's going through great times of grief and struggle, don't look at it as God being mad at you. Don't look at it as God being uh, a curse in your life and doing something against you. We may need to begin to look at our hard places, our, our tough times, As a sign that God loves us so much that He's not willing to leave us where we are. That these hard times, if we will allow them to be times of growth, we can draw closer to God than maybe we ever would in our entire lives. I know for me personally, I grew more with the Lord, I think, through um, things like the divorce that I went through several years ago when I just felt hopeless and lost uh in that time um God grew me a, a whole lot more than than I think I grow sometimes in the good times here I am now um he's he's brought me a wonderful wife um who uh really loves me and is carrying my child right now and I I see that as such a blessing and a grace and there were moments in the darkness when I was alone and I didn't know how I was going to make it um, I can see now that God had not left me, that God loves me, that that God, uh, although he doesn't cause those evils in the world, I really don't believe God causes evil things to happen. But I believe, according to scripture, God is working through the midst of everything and will bring good from it, regardless of how it was intended by the evil one. Well, I hope you've uh, enjoyed Voices in My Head today. Um, You got to hear Chaplain Young. I think you could hear his heart even in that brief interview that we did with him today. I hope that I did a fair representation of his words. Uh, If you ever get a chance to speak with Chaplain Young, uh, you need to do that. I I believe you can look him up online. He's traveling a lot um, and, and, you know... It's great to see him being used. Even in his retirement, I think he's busier than ever because he's training other young chaplains. Uh, pray for him as he travels. Pray for his wife as she gets to go with him sometimes. Um, sweet, sweet people, and they really remind me of Jesus. And I was so grateful to have a chance to spend time with them. was so grateful to have uh, Chaplain Young as a guest on Voices in My Head this week. I have apologized several times. So I guess I can only apologize one more time and say I'm sorry. Uh if I ever do find that service that uh, <laughs> that I recorded, I will put it up online immediately uh so that you can hear it. It was a great sermon and and Rich is a, such a good preacher and and deserves to be heard and I I really appreciate his time. But I'm going to wrap it up right now. I've actually been driving all night, slept a couple hours, got up, desperately searched for the podcast, uh, and now I have to go lead a band practice at church. So uh, it's going to be a busy day, hopefully going to get some rest eventually. Maybe this is just a sign of God's pleasure that I'm going through uh, you know, <laughs> a few things right now. Again, our hearts go out to those in Colorado who are grieving, and really to all who are grieving. Hang in there. God's not finished with you yet. You're not forsaken. You're not rejected. Uh, God loves you. And uh, I hope that today's episode has been an encouragement to you from Voices in My Head. God bless. You've been listening to Voices in My Head, the official podcast of Rick Lee James. If you'd like to know more about me, my ministry, my music, my life, go to my website at rickleejames.com. You can also download my free mobile app from iTunes and on the Android Marketplace. And I'd love this to be a community experience, so if you call 937-505-0162, you can leave feedback...